today on Fully Known. Oh, wow. It's not just like some higher being out there that I pray to and hope is looking out for me, but it's like, you know, it's a real living everyday relationship. Today on Fully Known, we will hear from a sister about what marked the transition from growing up in the church to knowing God personally. Lydia? Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you're all you're all back home? <laughs> yes. You know, I completely forgot in the moment and I went out to like return something and I remembered while I was out, I was like, oh, I got to go home right now. <laughs> And I gave myself like 10 minutes to make a five-minute drive, and here I am a little late. <laughs> They're like well, construction on every road imaginable. Thanks for being on today. I know that this is actually your your free time in the day, and so I extra appreciate you giving up time to talk. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge sacrifice. <laughs> but, but that made me think about actually what what does a typical day look for, look like for you in this? It's been a year of this crazy schedule. What is the rhythm of a typical day for you? Oh, gosh. Um, or is there so, no rhythm? <laughs> well, no, there is. There definitely is. And especially because, like, the kids are so young, I try to stay on a somewhat of a routine, as much of a routine as possible because it, like, works for them and it works for me. Mm. So I will say, since we've moved to um, our new house, Mm-hmm. Our routine has been a little thrown off because the sleeping has not been so great for Kathy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So for the most part, we usually wake up anywhere between like 7.30 and 8.30. And um, if I've had a rough night with Cassie, then Anthony will usually like get them downstairs and um, get breakfast started for them. And then I'll slowly take <laughs> my way down. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it, it's it's nice that he doesn't have to rush off to the office or anything. Yeah. Um, his work day usually starts around nine, so okay. Yeah, so that, it works out for us. And then we eat breakfast, and then we've got some that little golden hour of morning free time where the kids are usually the most well behaved. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you find that with your kids too, but I feel like in the morning they're the most like I don't know they're the happiest. They've got energy, but aren't like bouncing off the walls, and they seem to be—I don't know—they seem to be. It's like their prime time. I feel like. Right. So I tried like today. I had them just like playing while I like cleaned up the kitchen, and then I brought them to playground for a little bit because the weather's so nice today. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then, so usually it's breakfast, clean up, play a little bit, and then by the time we've played a little, it's time to start making lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we eat lunch, and then Cassie goes down for a nap, and Zachary has what we call quiet time now that he doesn't nap anymore. Okay. And then that will usually last. These days, Cassie's been sleeping almost like two hours, two and a half hours, sometimes. Wow. You no. Know? And I realize I think I need to wake her up earlier from her nap so that we don't have as much trouble during the night. Mm-hmm. So she takes a good nap. Zachary has like an hour of quiet time by himself in his room, which. He he's allowed to do whatever he wants as long as it's quiet mm. <laughs> and he stays in his room. So <laughs> we have a whole bunch of books in there and then his toys. And then, you know, every once in a while he like comes out and says, can you make my quiet time shorter? Cause he has, yeah, he has a timer on in there. And so he's allowed to come out of his room when the timer stops. Right. 
So, you know, we let things slide here and there because I guess I just can't say no to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is this time right now, usually. So Cassie's sleeping and Zachary's having quiet time. And I usually I either run errands and try to get things done or I really just do almost nothing and I just sit there and I will watch a TV show. Mm. <laughs> like, well, since we've moved, I've had a lot of little tasks here and there to do around the house, but, you know, things have settled down a bit, so not as, quite as much to do in that regard. Nice. And then, yeah, and then they wake up, they come out, we will play a little more, and then it's time to make dinner. Yeah, Everything revolves around the three meals. Yeah, no, that's that's good, though. I mean, I'm actually appreciating... If Courtney wasn't working or, you know, now um, with the baby, I feel like maybe our our daily rhythm would be healthy like yours. I feel like the kids wake up before us and it's like, for me, it's like, how can I keep these kids alive until tonight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it I just can't. feels like they, they definitely, you know, rule the roost far more than they should. So it's actually really refreshing to hear about the, the system you've created over the course of this time. Oh, Chris, there's a system, but don't get me wrong. We have lots of chaos and we have a lot of, depending on how tired I am and how thin my patience is that day or, you know, whatever it is, there's mm-hmm. a lot of screaming and yelling. <laughs> and <laughs> I've been trying to parent slightly differently than I normally or I have been throughout the pandemic these days just because I feel like I feel so bad almost because, mm. you know, mentally so drained and yeah. so tired that I realized that maybe I'm not doing the most healthy things, especially when it comes to Zachary. He's so mm-hmm. he's so sensitive that like, you know, if I just yell at him a little bit, he gets really hurt. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to change, but it's hard and don't get me wrong, we have a lot of crying and screaming in our house. <laughs> yeah. We we do too. We Courtney and I have had that conversation too. Like we just don't want to be the one like the ones grumpy and yelling all the time. But it, it often feels like that's the <laughs> that that happens, you know, very frequently in our household as well. So <laughs> you're not alone. And then I recently Anthony has been hinting and maybe giving a little pressure to me saying that maybe I should try to do something a little bit more academic with Zachary during the day because okay. <laughs> he's now he's now four, mm. like a couple months, and he's been out of daycare for over a year now, or almost just about a year now. And so, as far as anything academic or education wise, I haven't really I've tried, but he just doesn't like it. And so mm-hmm. many people were advising that at such a young age, for the most part, he was three the whole time. Right. Um, they're saying just let him be, let him play. So that's what I did. Because anytime I would try to sit and do anything with him, it was a disaster. And then you know, if Cassie wasn't around, it was even an even worse disaster because you know she needed to do whatever he was doing, and she'd cry, cry and scream if I didn't give her scissors. I'm like, you can't have these scissors because they're dangerous, and right. just things like that. So, <laughs> but no, now I'm like. Anthony, don't give me this pressure because just getting through the day is hard enough. Trying to think about adding that layer on top of it is just like almost overwhelming and sends me into like panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. And it's a true structure. I mean, you can't just make that happen. That would involve, like you said, figuring out how to keep Cassie cared for and occupied while you're trying to focus on Zachary. And it's not easy to create an atmosphere in the home. 
mm-hmm. where he's going to want to do that, you know, because he's going to see his sister not doing that and he's going to want to do what his sister's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's challenging. Oh my goodness. Uh, so how have you, I mean, it seems like actually this time tends to be your self care time, but like, how do you, how do you care for yourself when you're doing so much with the kids and your day is so full? Do you have, is it, does it tend to be this hour, hour and a half that is for you or do you have other, other ways of making sure you're doing okay for yourself? Well, during this daytime downtime, I usually, like I said, will either try to get something done around the house. And to me, organizing something is like very therapeutic. It's like, Mm. yeah. So like when I want to tackle an area that's like, if I look at it as giving me stress, when I want to tackle that area and I get it done, there's something so like therapeutic about that. And it like makes me feel so, um, I guess calm and feel like I've um, like uh, what's the word I'm looking thinking about productive or you know, yes. accomplish something. Like, yes, I have accomplished something. And so, as far as that, like filling that hour, hour and a half, that's what I like to do. Or I just like to like, for example, if I'm in the middle of a TV series, I'll try to get that one episode in because, you know, mm. I can't do it when the kids are up. Usually those kinds of things are not things that Anthony and I will watch together. <laughs> right, Because, right. <laughs> you know, the things that we watch together will watch in the evening when the kids have gone to sleep. But yeah, like, and then after moving, I set up my sewing machine. And so I've been enjoying doing a little project here or there during that little time too. Nice. I don't think I knew that you sewed. That's really cool. I don't really, but I like to try. So uh-huh. yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, let's let's rewind. Let's let's hear. I would love to just hear a little bit about you know growing up, maybe your journey of recognizing or realizing that you believed in Jesus. Share a little bit about you know coming mm-hmm. to faith and your early early childhood or stuff. Well, I've been in the church since as long as I can remember. Like mm. yeah, so. Originally, we, my family went to KUC, which is a church that Grace Point came out of years ago. Yes. yes. And that's where I grew up, basically, since, you know, I think I started attending when I was in elementary school sometime, but for me, it's as far as I can remember. Mm. And so most of my formative years, I was in the church, at church, actively <laughs> participating in church. So I knew about God and about Jesus. You know, since I was young, but I accepted him as my savior in middle school. I think it was in seventh or eighth grade. I would say that I didn't really understand what it meant to have a true relationship with him and what it looked like to actually be in relationship with him until I was probably in college. And um, nothing crazy happened. You know, obviously there were lots of trials and hard times in my life, but mm-hmm. none of those really turned my life around and, like, you know, flipped anything crazy to turn towards God, but it was more like when I saw people around me and like mentors and older people who had a relationship with Christ is when I was like, oh, wow, it's not just like some higher being out there that I pray to and hope is looking out for me, but it's like, you know, it's a real living everyday relationship that it's not someone so far from me but it's someone right with me you know Mm, yeah and i guess the 
my face grew the most and I really saw that develop the most when I was under, I guess, one man and Rob back when I was serving children's ministry for Grace Point. Mm-hmm. And that's like right out of college. So when was that? 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. And so those are some really transformative years for me. And yeah, that's kind of my story. And, you know, it's still ever evolving and changing and the Lord for sure is always working in my life, whether I see it or I choose to see it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there's been something in this season that you've been learning or, or has you feel like your relationship with him has changed at all in this time? Uh, I honestly, I could say that it's been kind of a dry wintery season in my spiritual mm. life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's anything to do with pandemic or just my season of life having two young kids that are always just draining me or Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. And I think a lot of the things that I thought would be true being married were not true. <laughs> 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 I mean not not to like bash or, you know, say anything negative about Anthony, but um, you know, I had all these like preconceived notions about what being a married couple, having a family would look like as Christians mm-hmm. and as believers who go to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I almost felt like when I got married, it would be easier because mm. I would have a partner to do it with me. But it's in fact not so. Yeah. It's it might even be harder. Mm. But at the same time, it's it's harder, but at the same time, it's easier because you're not, you know, you're not in it alone. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. And at least you both have that same conviction, which yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if you didn't, then mm-hmm. all the things that are challenging just because it's, you know, two, two people with your own set of life experiences, your own personalities, doing life together with now children in the mix. Mm-hmm. But then, then actually not, not seeing your purpose as the same, and that would be, you know, 10 times harder, you know? Yeah. What would be, you know, what would you say are some of the the greatest joys and maybe the biggest challenges of, of being a parent in general, you know, now that you, you've, it's sweet, you know, I've known you when you were single, and, uh, and then I saw you get married, and I remember, you know, doing the, the ritual at the wedding for having kids and, you know, you and Anthony, and, and now you have two beautiful children. And uh, it's just been really, really sweet to see you over these different seasons of life. And yeah. now, now as a, like a mom, you know, what would you say are some of the, the challenges or the joys of being a parent? Well, I mean, I'm sure you know this too, Chris, being in a similar stage as me. But <laughs> yes. I think asking any parent that has really young kids, that's it's it's hard because we're all so tired and mm-hmm. and for the most part it's not we we're not so much worrying about I don't know, I feel like as the kids get older you the the things that are hard and stressful and worrisome are so different than when you're they're young because right now it's just I want them to be fed and healthy through the day, you know? Yeah. As they get older, you start to have to worry about, like, you know, are they getting bullied? Are they being bullies? Are, you know, or what kind of other hormonal teenage things they're going through? But I feel like right now the biggest joy is just having two children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, 
it's so hard to have them, but at the same time, when I see them, there's just this unexplainable, like, mm. I don't know, love that just pours mm. out, which is, you know, thank goodness, because if I did not have that, I don't know if I could, like, care for them and love them the way that I do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like, completely understand that. <laughs> yeah, like, I hear these terrible stories of, like, parents who have, like, you know, treated their infants and toddlers so poorly or they've died or like you know crazy things like or they've shaken them or you know things like that and I'm like how could these parents do that to their kids but then every once in a while when I'm in a really low low and my kids are being extremely difficult I can almost understand why you know Mm -hmm. someone might mistreat their own child poorly yeah yeah but thankfully you know I've never actually done anything uh, <laughs> terrible to my kids. Um, yeah, yeah. By the and, grace of God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> really, by the grace of God, because I think without God, you know, bad things happen, and we see that in the world. You know. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, um, last night Grace came and flew them, and they brought this feast for for us to help us. And it, it, the kids were angelic. They opened the door. Kai took one tray of food. Marilyn took another. Asher even helped with the salad. And and Grace looked at me like glowingly and she's like, you know, these really are the best times. And I was like, yeah, they really are. And then she leaves and one of the things they brought, Taylor had made uh, chocolate cupcakes, which were outrageous. And Asher didn't want to eat dinner. He wanted the cupcakes. And he completely melted down and I recorded him. I was like, do you want the pasta? And he's like, no, I want the cake. I want the cake. And I sent the video to Grace, and the the heading of the email was, these really are the best times. (laughs) And it captured those extremes of, like, literally, you know, the sweetness of them getting excited about food and and people visiting, and then how how in seconds it could morph into meltdowns and screaming and high emotion, and and, uh, it's so unpredictable, you know, with young kids. Yeah, when the when the kids are being like quiet or playing nicely or sleeping, it just makes me want to have like ten kids. I love mm-hmm. them so much and they're so precious. But then when they're screaming their heads off and yelling and complaining or whining, then I'm just like, why, why, why do I have any? Remember what life was like before them? It's true. It's true. Oh yeah, I think about it all the time. I think every time I look at John and, and Jen, I'm like, you know, enjoy these times, go on those vacations, you two, like, yeah. savor it because you know each season, like you said, it has its own blessings. But yeah. when when things are hard, you do think, wow, like there was a time when it was just Anthony and I, and that, that was mm-hmm. that was a sweet time. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, as somebody that lived on the West Coast and came back home, you know, what would you, what would you say are were the best and worst things about both coasts? What are things that well, stand out as good and bad in both places? Because everything has its blessings and its challenges. Yeah, of course. I mean, the best and worst thing about uh, living in LA are so easy for me, right off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing was the food. The food in LA is spectacular and it's just I miss it almost every day. <laughs> the worst thing about LA is the traffic. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get to the food, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> but once you get the food, you almost forget about the traffic. It's just no good. And you know everyone always well a lot of people talk about how great the weather is in LA. 
And I went to L.A. looking forward to that, like, blissful weather year-round, and it was not the case while we lived there. So I honestly don't have too many positive things to say about the weather in L.A. Yeah, yeah. It was just heat wave after heat wave in the winter. Um, one of the winters I was there, it was, like, unseasonably cold, like, not normal for L.A. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> is that what I signed up for? Yeah. <laughs> Um, when it wasn't a heat wave and when it wasn't freezing cold, the weather is beautiful, I will say. Like, mm-hmm. it's just dreamy. Yeah. But, yeah, so easy for the West Coast. For the East Coast, I would say, I mean, for me, I, my, like, since childhood, we've been a huge um, family-oriented family. Mm. So, like, I, I grew up living with my grandparents, or they lived with us my whole life until mm-hmm. they passed. Uh, that's my mom's parents. And, mm-hmm. you know, my extended family was really close to us. Like, our, even now, we're, like, really close. We have, like, you know, a group chat that we're always chatting in. Oh, that's <laughs> so, really sweet. Yeah, me and my aunts and my um, older couple of cousins. So being back on the East Coast means being closer to family. And so that's the thing that I love most about um, being mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I also love I also love winter, so I miss that when I was in LA. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad to have it back and having all this snow is just I love it so much. And like all the memories of when I was growing up, like going out in the snow, playing, coming back in and having a nice hot cup of hot chocolate. Like, you know, I was able wow. to do that with my kids this season and so it's been really good and bringing back so many like, you know, memories and it's mm. been great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I would say the, the worst thing about being on the East Coast is that the food. <laughs> the food is just lacking in so many areas. Um, I mean, no, I will say that, you know, there's plenty of good food here, and you just have to find it and know where to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... Like, I want a really good street taco. You just can't get that here. I've tried so many, mm-hmm. and it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's funny. Love that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, you're talking about how important family is, and I've been thinking a lot about you're a Nuna, and Merwin is the oldest. She's a, mm-hmm. she's a girl. If you could, you know, we think about the uniqueness of the church is, you know, the the beauty of different people in different stages of life and different experiences. And, you know, I have this thought, like if you, if you had an afternoon with my daughter alone where you could kind of speak to her heart to heart, like what would, what would you say? And it just doesn't mean that you're that kind of older sister, but what kind of advice would you give her as, as the older sister to a younger brother to how, how to be a a good older sister? What would you say to her? Just curious. Oh man, that is a really tough question because, Though I think the way I grew up as an older sister is not how it should have been done. Mm, interesting. <laughs> not <laughs> that I was a terrible older sister, but I think that there are better ways to be an older sister. So mm. to put my finger on what the better way is, though, is really hard for me because I was not it. And I don't know what I could have done to be a better older sister. Mm. Um, I will say I largely grew up... Um, without my parents at home because they were working so many hours a day, seven days a week, you know, 364 days a year, you know. Mm. 
And so my parent, my grandparents were the ones who looked after us, but you know, they didn't really do too much parenting. They just made sure we were alive and fed and home and, you know, mm-hmm. drove us around like, you know, chaperones <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. And chauffeuring us. But so I feel like I did a lot of, I guess, motherly duties for my brothers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was, I wasn't really because I'm very close in age to them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all each just a year and a half apart. And so I almost did too much for them. And my parents mm. relied heavily on me. So I feel like it took, it, I mean, they're still, I feel like, <laughs> learning how to be more independent and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because I did so much for them growing up and so much for my parents too. And so I guess one thing would be to look out for your younger siblings, but at the mm-hmm. same time, let let them do their own thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, so, so like I said, you're one of the people that I've known the longest at Grace Point, and um, you know, I'm, I have just very vivid memories of being actually in your house. It was weird when you were moving. I had this like flood of memories in that that little you know dining room area to the left of the front door. I'm sitting there with Eunice and with Jen and with Sarah and Joe and Kaylin. It was just really, it was really <laughs> sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, like thinking about where you were in that stage of life to now, is there anything you'd want to tell your younger self about? Yeah. Maybe what, what was coming or yeah, a piece of advice or an encouragement. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that. You know, to be completely honest, I don't know. I don't have anything that deep, mm-hmm. but I, I guess, you know, back if we're looking back to that stage of my life when I was like, you know, in my mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. I was kind of at a stage where a lot of my friends were dating slash in serious relationships slash getting married, mm-hmm. and I almost felt like I don't know, like like I was getting left behind, but not really, mm. and I couldn't enjoy that singleness as much as I would have liked to back then. Yeah. And, you know, had I known that, you know, at the age, by the age 28, I'd be married and, you know, I'd have kids a couple of years on the line. Like, I mean, I knew it was going to happen for me. Like, I knew God would be faithful in that way. But if I had known, you know, Uh like if if I knew like on November uh, 22nd, you're going to get married and, you know, leading up until then, I think I would have lived a little bit more freely, maybe um, more seriously mm-hmm. in certain ways mm-hmm. um, and been a little bit maybe, I don't know, but I guess that's everybody, no? Like if they knew that they were going to marry this person at this time, then you'd be a little bit more confident about putting yourself out there and, and making things mm. happen, right? Yeah, I actually think that's, that's really profound. I mean, I think that there is it's profound because it's so hard to do. And I think that, you know, because we don't know what's next, we, we do struggle in the moment to, to see what's there. And so I actually think that's, that's really, it's, it's powerful, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. I think that it's also challenging. I feel like if you did say that to yourself, you probably wouldn't believe yourself. You'd be like, you're right. You, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know you're, you're from a different future. I don't know if that future is really going to happen. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Uh, yeah, that's great. Well, if, you said that to, if someone had said that to Anthony, he definitely would have said, no way. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. He'll, he'll, he'll get on the show soon enough, and we'll see what he says about that. 
It's funny because uh-huh. the first couple of years after we got married, uh-huh. every, every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, can you actually believe that we are married? Like, you and I? <laughs> like, of all people. I'd be like, can you believe it? And his answer is always, yes. Why, can, why do you keep asking me that? Why can't you believe it? I'm like, well, for me, it's hard to believe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's really cute. Well, one last question, and then we'll just do kind of like what I call like the lightning round. I just ask these like random things, and you kind of give the, the thing that jumps into your mind the most. But this, mm-hmm. this actually might be a hard question, but just because you and Courtney are so similar in this way, you are very thoughtful and methodical about decisions you're making. So the things you're buying as you're decorating your house, you know, you mm-hmm. don't do anything haphazardly. Um, and so I'm just curious how you know when you're ready to actually make a decision. I'm just curious. How do you know you like, what is, is it a feeling that you get? Is it some process you go through that by the end you're like, now I've arrived at this particular decision, <laughs> whether, whether it's saying yes to Anthony or buying your lighting fixture. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, my gosh, Chris. Okay. This is, is. It's a hard and easy question to answer because I will say that, um, well, especially when it comes to something that costs more than just like a couple of dollars, um, mm-hmm. I love to do like research on how much how much I could get it for somewhere else or you know mm. what I mean. I, I I like to make do the research and make sure I'm getting the best deal, and. Well, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Even for cheaper things, like, <laughs> I, I will do that. Like, for example, Zachary loves Kinder Joy surprise eggs. Mm-hmm. And then those can be super expensive for one egg. Like, I've seen them for, like, three bucks an egg almost. Or they can be closer to a dollar. That's true. Under a dollar if you shop really well. And we don't give these to him often. So, but I... They're a huge reward for him, so I like to stock up when I see them cheap or, you know, just get a couple here uh-huh. and there. So even for something that cheap, I make sure I, I do my research and get the best deal. <laughs> otherwise, he ain't getting it, you know? Um, but, yeah, so the the way I make my decision is I make sure that I've done as much research as I think is reasonable. Uh-huh. So if it's just a Kinder Joy egg, I'm not going to spend months, you know? <laughs> I hope not. (laughs) I guess a good example would be we're in the process of trying to purchase furniture for our house. Uh And I've been looking at dressers from all over the place, (laughs) (laughs) trying to make sure I'm getting the best deal, getting exactly what I need and want and the aesthetic that I am looking for. Uh And um, it's taken months. And I mm-hmm. think I finally landed on it a couple, like, I think I landed on it maybe three weeks ago, and I still haven't purchased it yet because I'm just making sure that I don't see anything I like more somewhere else for a better price. <laughs> oh, this this conversation is so familiar. It's eerie. <laughs> yeah. And, and usually it works out for me, and I do get the deal I want at the price I want for the thing I want. But every once mm-hmm. in a while, because it takes me long to decide, I will lose out and not be able to get it mm-hmm. at the price I wanted because I waited too long or it sells out or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, that's also uh, <laughs> eer- eerily familiar. <laughs> yeah, Yesterday, you know, Court- Courtney's been kind of, you know, locked in the house. But yesterday we had a brief period. She had just fed Noah. She's like, let's go. I have to make a target run. Would you go with me? I'm like, sure. 
So we go and we had a small window of time because Merwin needed to be picked up. But we went there and she goes to the Magnolia section. She, she's been looking at the mugs there. They're a couple of bucks, super cute. You know, so she picks them up. She's looking and she's like, I think I should, she's like, I don't really need a mug. I'm like, Court, if you, if you want a mug, like get a mug. So she, she grabs one, notices that there's no price tag on it. And so finds another of the same with the label at the bottom, grabs it. We continue to roam around. I'm going down to get eggs. She wanted to get eggs so that the kids could die eggs, Easter egg kit. And she, she turns around and like runs up the escalator. She's like, oh, I have to do one other thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I meet her down at the register and we're checking out. I get the mug um, that she hands me. There's no sticker on it. So I'm like, what happened to the sticker? She's like, oh, well, I went up and <laughs> I looked at the other mug one last time to make sure this is the one I wanted. <laughs> and she picked up the one without the label on it. So it was like a whole scene at the checkout. Like the woman had to come because we were doing self-checkout. And it was like, and I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> and it was just, it was just classic. You know, it's like the mugs are so similar. It was just funny that she had to do that one last, you know, walk there and just make sure she was happy with the one that she got. Mike and the gal. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all right. Well, this has been great. So I, we usually end the time with just like six or seven questions that are, you know, kind of lightning fast and there's no right or wrong answer, but just kind of try to have fun with it. And, um, okay. and the first question is, you know, what, if you had the, the chance to try a profession out, which was, what would be a profession you'd like to try? I was going to say athlete or like musician or something, just cause you know, those are two talents that are very far from what I am mm-hmm. capable of doing now. So yeah. Yeah. Is there a specific sport you'd want to play if you were a professional athlete? Um, some sport. Maybe like maybe like figure skating or something. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, something I, I wanted to do as a kid but I never did. Mhm. You know? Yeah, yeah. What's a sound that you you hate to hear? Uh Anthony snoring. <laughs> a sound you love to hear. Ooh, um, a sound that I love to hear. Maybe like the notification I get when something has been delivered. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, During the pandemic, everything is brought to my house, which is great. Even food and like all the things I need for my house. Yeah, and especially when it's the thing you know you've made the right decision on because you've yeah. labored over it. So it's like now it's finally here. <laughs> yeah. How about um, if you could put anybody on uh, an American bill, you know, like a $100 bill, who would you like to see on the $100 bill? Oh, anyway. that's a good one. Somebody fun. I would love to put an Asian person on there. Yeah, yeah. can't think of who I would put on there. Okay. But someone someone who re- who represents Asian people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. One person you'd like to meet, share a cup of coffee with, have a de- have a meal with, grab a beer. I'm surprised you're not saying Chris Hemsworth after that <laughs> game night conversation. I thought that was going to be easy. <laughs> you know, like there's so many people running through my mind, and I can't come up, I can't decide on the one person because, like, It'd be fun to meet with like a celebrity, like an actor or an actress or, you know, somebody, you know, I was almost going to say like Michelle Obama or somebody like that, but I don't know, to just have them for one cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. how deep could we get and how much of an impact could they make on me or could I make on them? 
I almost oh, be, yeah. yeah, I almost wish I could meet somebody that like I didn't well, I guess any of these people could actually do that for me, but someone I didn't know of mm-hmm. but is someone who is so passionate about something, like it doesn't even have to be someone famous or mm-hmm. rich or you know, just someone who's so passionate about something that they could open my eyes to something new that I have not like mm. heard of or learned of before, you know? Yeah. And don't underestimate yourself. I think I think you, you're one of those people that can kind of dig in there deep pretty quickly. So I feel like if you had the chance to talk to anybody, you could probably get a lot from them and definitely give a lot. So <laughs> I wouldn't oh, be surprised. One person that I miss that I want to have a cup of coffee with, coffee with would be one Min. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A cup I, I of coffee with her would be like good. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I aim into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then oh, one last. <laughs> and then one last last question. What do you hope God will say with say to you when you arrive at the pearly gate? Oh man, <sighs> maybe. I hope he says wrong lighting fixture. <laughs> oh gosh i'm so like i think what i would love to hear and what i would need to hear is something like you know well done you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's sweet my good and faithful servant because i know in my life i'm not so faithful or doing well but to have Mm -hmm. say that it was okay and that at the end Mm -hmm. i did what mattered no? Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, every time he sees you, he's pleased. He sees his son, and he he really delights in you, Lydia. And uh, oh, thanks for that reminder. And this call has been a delight. So I just thank you so much for making the time, especially since this is time you could be carrying, you know, catching up on a drama or something on TV. And so <laughs> I appreciate you and thankful for this time together today. Oh, I appreciate you too, Chris. Please edit out everything that is that is a waste of time and space on the internet. Okay. Okay. I, I'm not going to promise. I think I'm going to keep everything in there, but uh, I'll delete the pauses. So. <laughs> uh.